Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be discussing entrepreneurs and mental health with Nidhi Tivari. Nidhi Tivari is an acclaimed licensed clinical social worker, mental health therapist, and sought-after speaker with more than a decade of experience. She is an EMDR International Association certified EMDR therapist and uses this expertise to treat and reduce trauma-related symptoms and anxiety, stress, performance anxiety, and grief. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Oprah Daily, Yahoo, Vice, Theravive, and Psych Central, as well as on various news networks on the topic of mental health. Let's listen to Nidhi. The, one of the best things happened today, you know, I posted a video about this episode on LinkedIn, etc. One of my connections, you know, I haven't spoken to her. I haven't uh, interacted with her anytime. She messaged me privately and said that, Vivek, you're looking so tired in the video. You know, maybe uh, is, is everything all right? So that, that's that's the beauty of social media, right? People known, unknown to you can reach out to you and offer help. Boy. And what a crazy week this was, you know, uh, too much of pressure, too much of unnecessary entropy uh, in, in the professional life. But that's fine. That's fine. I look forward to this 8 p.m. on Friday for SMB Talks because we have amazing guests coming in, right? So today, uh, you know, uh, this is an extension from last month. Last month, we have dedicated to Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so we have been doing some good sessions on mental health with some of the beautiful experts. You know, I still remember my conversation with Dr. Rigur Raghavan. That was very, very nice. So many insights from these practitioners and it's, it's, it, it has grown my mind. So I'm just waiting for my guest to join us. She is here, uh, you know, may have lived hundred years. She's on time. So, you know, to, this is an ex, this, this episode was supposed to happen last month, but there were some issues with the you know scheduling and things like that. So I'm glad that is happening today. As you all know, you know this why this episode is important is because I have a lot of entrepreneur friends, you know, who has this who have discussed this with me on various platforms, face to face over a coffee, etc. Mental health is one of the biggest challenges every entrepreneur faces, right? For example, when I was doing my research on this, 72 percent of entrepreneurs, directly or indirectly get attached to one or the other mental health illness. So today I have a fantastic guest. He is none other than Nidhi Sewari. She's an acclaimed licensed clinical social worker, mental health therapist, and sought after speaker with more than a decade of experience. You guys, if you don't know her, go check out, check out her Twitter profile. She is a firehouse on Clubhouse. You should listen to her topics. She's an EMDR, International Association Certified EMDR Therapist, and uses this expertise to treat and reduce trauma-related symptoms, as well as anxiety, stress, performance anxiety, and grief. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Oprah Daily, Yahoo, Vice, Tel Aviv, and Psych Central, as well as various news networks on the topic of mental health. Nidhi has spoken before university corporations and conference audiences on resilience, leadership, self-care, digital wellness, burnout, trauma, and post-traumatic growth. She has a large following on the social platform, the baby, the new platform Clubhouse, with over 60,000 active subscribers to her group, 
mental health matters i highly recommend you guys go checking her out she is also very active with our expert advice and commentary on our instagram facebook twitter and linkedin so without further ado let me just bring her on hello good morning good morning nidhi thank you so much for taking time out and joining today how are you thank doing you. i'm doing great thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here fantastic fantastic so you know nidhi i have curated uh, you know the topic today is entrepreneurship and mental health so i have curated a set of 10 to 12 questions for you so if you are ready i know you are, you have a hard stop in exactly 50 minutes so let's do it quickly and uh, uh, if you are ready we can start off that sounds great i'm so ready thank you all right so you know nidhi just when i was when i was you know uh, we all know you know the world of entrepreneurs are uh, it's a, it's a world of bravado funding changing the world scenarios with elon musk jeff bezos and all that right so but mental health is one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs face and the hardest sad part is it is not being discussed enough you know so what what are your what are your thoughts on the same i think that a lot of people are afraid to talk about mental health there's still a stigma that's attached to mental health conditions and even though it doesn't discriminate against anybody depending on your age race sexual orientation status doesn't matter anybody could experience mental health challenges that i think a lot of leaders and startup founders entrepreneurs are afraid that if they acknowledge that they struggle with anxiety or depression or trauma or whatever the case may be that people will view them differently and so i think that there's an underreporting that happens often with entrepreneurs and their mental health it was really interesting because a couple of weeks ago um elon musk came on uh, saturday night live here in the states and talked right. about his diagnosis of asperger syndrome and i think that that was such a, a major moment because he's somebody who everybody looks up to as a a, a basically a trendsetter a, a really amazing entrepreneur and here he right. is being vulnerable and acknowledging that he struggles too right i heard that one of my friends was discussing the same she was he was shocked to hear that he had asperger syndrome fantastic all right so you know uh, when i was doing the research i could see that some one of some of the recent stats showed that 30% 30 that is 30% of entrepreneurs are struggling with clinical depression so according to you what are the common reasons behind these kind of alarming trends so there's multiple factors that play into major depressive disorder some of them are biologically based so if you had a predisposition a family history of major depressive disorder then your environmental factors like uh the stress levels for example at your job can trigger up some of those symptoms some right. of what comes with major depressive disorder is you know uh changes in appetite changes in sleep difficulties with motivation losing pleasure in activities and i think that you know when there's a ma major triggers and major stressors at hand that it can bring up those same symptoms that being said though many people are able to cope with major depressive disorder or clinical depression and still function at a very high level and you'd be amazed at how many people are at the top tiers in various organizations and have these diagnoses they just don't talk about it right right absolutely all right uh you know mental health uh, when it comes to uh, you know entrepreneurial world it's a topic which has still a stigma attached to it so why why do you think why do you think what are what are some of the reasons uh behind that case there's uh, you know depending culturally right there's a stigma depending on the culture and even here in the united states in india all around the world there is still a stigma that comes Absolutely. with mental health right people think about individuals that have mental health conditions as quote unquote unstable or 
crazy, right? But that's right. a really unfortunate label to place on people. Because like you said, these statistics are alarming. There's a significant right. portion of the population that struggles. So the stigma right. is because people feel that if they admit that they struggle with something, others will think that they are less than and that they're incapable. And particularly with leaders, if you acknowledge, at least this is the thought, if I acknowledge that I have performance anxiety or that I'm struggling to get up in the mornings, that my boss or my employees may look at me differently. And right. that prevents people, the judgment prevents people from wanting to speak up and be vulnerable. Right. Now, here's the thing though, leadership is shifting. And what we're finding is that the days of very uh, stoic leadership, the people that never speak about anything, they're disconnected from their teams and their teams right. don't feel as though they can be open and vulnerable with the leaders. And so we're starting to see a shift where vulnerability is becoming more of a superpower for those in leadership positions, especially entrepreneurs. Fantastic. Let that trend catch on as soon as possible. All right. So, you know, uh, you know, just just for the entrepreneurs who might see this video later or are watching right now, what are the common signs of mental illness that entrepreneurs should not ignore, and how to keep an eye on them, eye out for them? The biggest uh, factor, I think, is how is it affecting your functioning, right? So there's normal levels of worrying that happen day to day. For example. If you're about to go up and give a presentation in front of your boss, it's normal, right, to have some right. butterflies in your stomach. If you're going to go do a keynote presentation in front of thousands of people, it's normal to feel nervous before you go there. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's when it starts to affect your functioning. So let's take those same examples. If your anxiety levels are so high that when you have to give a presentation to your, uh, your leader of your team or your manager or your team, that you have panic attacks and that you're not able to do it, that's a challenge, that's a problem. If you're a keynoter and you're not able to follow through on doing the speech in front of a thousand people, it's affecting your functioning. So that's the biggest determining factor. How is it affecting your day-to-day -day life? Now, right. symptoms vary depending on diagnosis too, right? So you mentioned some of the signs for clinical depression, major depressive disorder. For anxiety, for example, it may be worrying more days than not over a period of six months, right? A difficulty right. controlling the worrying. For trauma, it may be flashbacks, nightmares, it may be avoidance. So the symptoms are going to differ depending on the diagnosis. But if it's starting to impact you in your relationships, in your work, if you feel as though you're struggling emotionally in a personal way, that's a great opportunity for you to seek out support and assistance from a therapist or a psychiatrist, whoever. Fantastic. That's that's very a good point. You know, whoever is listening to can watch out for those kind of signs. All right. So, you know, why do you think uh, this is a very simple question, but uh, I needed the answer for this. Why do you think entrepreneurs should prioritize this their mental health while putting in all the efforts to build their business or whatever they're doing? That's a great question. Nick. I, I think that mental health is health. It's health. Right. So we think about mental health as separate than physical health, but they are. Right inextricably linked. They are intertwined with one another. And so when our mental health is not functioning well, it impacts everything in our lives, including our ability to stay on top of deadlines, be able to meet with people, be able to accomplish the tasks that need to be accomplished as an entrepreneur. And so I think that, you know, we have to really start looking at our mental health as the foundation as business owners. If we're emotionally struggling, our business is going to reflect that more often than not. If we're feeling internal chaos, 
guess what? The systems in our business are going to look chaotic because it's difficult for one to not impact the other. So that's why I think it's so important that we look at mental health. And if you haven't checked into your mental health to start doing so, and it doesn't have to be scary. It's something as simple as noticing how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis and then honoring the cues that your mind and your body are giving you that tell you, hey, you need to slow down and rest or, okay, here's a time for you to reach out to support from colleagues or friends or whoever the case may be. Got it, got it. That's, that's fantastic. All right. So, you know, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use all your expertise here. You know, what are some of your top recommendations for entrepreneurs on taking care of their mental health? And what kind of practices do you recommend to them? I think simple check-ins can be so helpful. Self-awareness is the first step. So the first thing you want to do is perhaps you have a routine where when you first wake up in the morning, you check in with your mind and your body. Am I feeling physically exhausted? Where are the aches and pains? Because we all have them. I have back pain, right? I notice that it gets worse sometimes on days where I'm stressed. So check in with your body and then look to see how are you responding to the tasks that you have up and coming in the day. If you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, that's something to take note of. So once you have the self-awareness, there's a couple of additional steps you can do. Then you take care of your mental health and well-being by calming your nervous system down. See, what happens is when we're struggling with something, for example, like anxiety, our nervous system is feeling like there's a threat present. The stress feels like a threat. And so what we can do is we can monitor our breathing. We can focus on grounding ourselves. And a couple of easy ways to do that is by paying attention to our five senses. Name five things you see, four things you hear, three things you can touch, two things you can taste, one thing you can smell. And that'll help you to be able to bring yourself back to the present moment. But doing those mental health check-ins is so, so critical in establishing a routine for caring for your mental health and well-being. One other tip I can add in there too is movement, right? So we hear about exercise being a major component of taking care of your mental health. That's true. It does release endorphins, which are happy chemicals in our brain. But movement is also important throughout the course of our day. Take a moment to stretch, get up, take a quick walk for a moment and see how you feel as you reset. Often that helps to dissipate stress too. Right, right. I've never heard that thing. Five, four, three, two, one. That's fantastic. I might try it tomorrow. <laughs> it's great. Right. It's so easy to yeah. do too, right? It's, it's really easy. Awesome. Yeah, it's really easy. But um, it's 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 a good exercise, I believe. You know, by hearing itself, I could feel that I'm <laughs> doing it. All right. Um, next common trend with phenomena that that is you know almost synonymous with entrepreneurs is burnout. Mm. Right? Burnout is a common thing that happens with entrepreneurs. How can they prevent instances such as burnout? Burnout is so pervasive. This is such an important topic to make because I think that people don't even realize they're on the verge of burning out. And I myself have been there. I've been there before where I worked myself to the point where I needed to take a break. So burnout has a multitude of factors. One is the organizational factors, right? So do you feel supported at work? Do you feel as though you're rewarded and incentivized when you're doing a good job? Do you feel as though if you asked for support from a team that there's a team that is actually there to help you, right? And then on top of that, there's the emotional factors of exhaustion, feeling disconnected from the people around you, feeling as though you're not good enough as a leader. All of these things play into burnout. And so, you know, it goes with the overworking, 
when we're overcommitting and overextending ourselves, which many of us do that as an avoidance strategy. I know I do that as an avoidance strategy. My calendar is filled to the brim with things. That's an indicator. What am I trying to avoid? Right? Because if we had every moment of our day planned out, guess what? We have no time for rest. And when we don't rest, then our mind and bodies don't have the opportunity to recuperate. And that it primes us for burnout, right? So right. I think it's important that we pay attention to how is our organization handling things? And, you know, are they able to provide the supports and the resources needed for us to do our jobs well and to excel? Or, and actually, are we able to, to manage and maintain our own mental health and well-being by paying attention to the strategies we're using to avoid the things that are under the surface? God, God, that's that's fabulous, actually. All right. So another, another topic which comes to you know uh, our mind when we discuss about mental health is emotional fitness. You know, emotional fitness is something it's always discussed along with mental health. What are your thoughts on the same, and how can entrepreneurs improve their emotional fitness? Sure. Emotional fitness, I think of it's very similar to physical fitness. So if you think about going to the gym, right? You don't hop on the treadmill and run for 45 minutes the first time you're back in the gym, you're gonna probably fall off the treadmill and be exhausted and out of breath. Same thing with emotional fitness. We have to break it down into smaller pieces, right? So instead, when we go to the gym, we do 15 minute run, then we do a 30 minute run, then we build up to 45 minutes. Same thing goes with our mental health. So you'd start off with that morning and evening check-in, but then perhaps you build into some mindfulness routines where you're able to cultivate presence. Perhaps you, incorporate yoga into your routine, which is so helpful, so helpful with mindfulness and being present. Maybe you start to see a therapist, right? So you start to build these resources and supports to help strengthen and cultivate emotional fitness. And just like the muscles in our body bulk up and we become stronger, the same thing goes with our emotional well-being. The more that we set in place these routines for us to manage, the easier it is for us to be resilient and bounce back in moments of adversity that are inadvertently going to happen in the journey of entrepreneurship. So emotional fitness is very key and we can we can liken it to uh, the, the physical fitness element of our lives. Right, right, that's fabulous. All right, uh, now another important topic which I wanted to discuss was female entrepreneurs, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's. I have had some amazing female entrepreneurs on the show. They are doing mind-blowing job in their own respective fields, running SaaS companies, etc. But when I did my research, I could see that in general, in general, one in five females suffer from common mental illness compared to one in eight men. So, what do you think are the reasons behind such alarming trends? I think it's twofold here. One is that women, we have to look at reporting. So whenever we look at data, we have to look at what are the stigmas attached with reporting. And we right. know that there is a strong stigma, particularly with men, acknowledging and reporting signs and symptoms of mental health struggles, right? So the under-reporting could be a major factor here when we look at that data. But I think on a core level though, the responsibilities and pressures on women entrepreneurs are a bit unique. Right. So there's the societal expectations that are placed on women to raise families, be a spouse, take care of the home in more traditional cultures. Right. And then on top of that, you're adding the responsibilities and the stressors that come with opening your own business and leading a team underneath your business. 
that can that can compound, right? That's a lot of stress for one person to handle. So I think that that is also a contributing factor for why there is an alarming trend when it comes to women. And one more thing I'll say about that is the pandemic made it a million times worse. It exacerbated it, right? Absolutely. So the pandemic meant that women now had to stay home, many of us, to take care of kids, to homeschool, to ensure that everything in the house was now shifting because of this pandemic while pivoting business-wise too. We all had to make the pivot. Myself as a private practice owner had to go all virtual at the drop of a, a hat, right? So that is incredibly stressful when you have all these other responsibilities. So I think that it's, it's both those factors that play into it, looking at the reporting, but also what are the unique challenges that come with being a woman in business, particularly in entrepreneurship? Right, right. As I, as I always say, you know, women all, always have superpowers. And thank God for giving them that. And it's a tough, tough situation sometimes. All right. So I want to get your advice for female entrepreneurs and leaders on how to prioritize their mental health. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's tough, Vivek, because I just said all of these challenges, right? We've got all of these things in, in play here. The, the most important piece is we have to take care of ourselves. We can't be martyrs. Right. Somebody once told me that we have to be able to fill our cup to the point of overflowing and then serve others from the overflow. Right. right. So we can't pour from just our cup. We have to be able to be so full of of recuperation and time to take care of ourselves that then we can give to others. And so I think that that is something that often may not be felt as though it can be prioritized because of all of these competing demands. But we have to prioritize it. One of the things that I do as an entrepreneur, and we know the grind is, is intense, there's so many different tasks that, comes, that come with running a business, you have to schedule in the self-care. Just right. like we schedule in every meeting that we attend, everything in our day is on a calendar. We have to do the same when it comes to our relationships as well as our personal well-being. So that means if we want to go to the gym, we schedule in time to go to the gym. If we want time away from the kids and family, if you have kids and family, you plan that, you put it in the calendar. Uh, you know, if it means that you go out to hang out with your friends, uh, that, that is something that you intentionally include in your day-to-day -day or weekly programming, right? So I think it's really important that for women especially, that we don't become martyrs, that we acknowledge that we function better and are a better able to serve ourselves and others when we're well taken care of. And then we have to prioritize it by putting it into our schedules and then following through on the self-care that we have established. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very nice practical tips there. All right, so since you are here and you are an expert on performance anxiety, uh, we all have this. Can you share your thoughts on how individuals can manage performance anxiety? Sure, it's very common, first of all, even for right. leaders, even for high power CEOs, right? Many, right. many struggle with performance anxiety. So the, the, there's a couple of routes to go here. So I'm an EMDR therapist, as you had mentioned in the introduction, which means that I look at how memories impact our present day functioning. And often what I found, especially when I've worked with high performance athletes or those high performance CEOs, that there have been experiences earlier on in life where perhaps they gave a presentation in front of a class and their teacher chastised them, you know, or they applied for a promotion and were rejected, right? right? So now there's an anxiety that's developed around performance. And so I think it's important that we look at the root causes. Where is this coming from? What is it grounded in? 
And then we address those experiences. So typically, you know, we would reprocess and help the brain to make sense of those experiences so that they're not coming up any longer. And what I found is that those individuals who struggle with performance anxiety have a complete 180. Like they're able to now show up and feel very confidently at work because the past is no longer informing the present and the future. So that is really important when it comes to any type of uh, challenge in the way that we're performing, whether that's performance anxiety or what we call imposter syndrome. That's another buzz term that you hear these days. Right, right. Those are all rooted in early experiences. So if you're listening and you struggle with this, be thinking, when did this start for me? And what experiences occurred in my life that made me feel unsure or less than confident? And those are likely the roots of where the performance anxiety uh, started. Right, right. Just as you were mentioning, I could I could remember a couple of instances where I had feel felt the same, <laughs> and it has it contributes a lot actually. All right. So yeah, uh, you know we have covered the topic for the day, but I I have a couple of questions to get to know you better uh, for our audience as well. So you you are a keynote speaker. Licensed clinical social worker, sort of the speaker on mental health. So, if you can talk a little bit about your work and the kind of amazing things you do, that would be fantastic. Sure, I'm happy to. Thank you so much for asking. So, I work with corporate uh, leadership teams as well as event audiences on cultivating a culture of well-being. I had mentioned earlier how vulnerability and mental health is something that is now being used as a metric in many businesses, right? right? And so what I do is I provide consultation to these corporate teams on how can we uh, show up vulnerably as leaders, first of all, and it doesn't have to be oversharing, it doesn't have to be you tell your personal experiences, but it's more how do I create psychological safety in my organization for my teams? And then I also work with the implementation of well-being initiatives. So if that means that we're able to utilize employee um, assistance program uh, types of suites, right? These types of services that are in place for many organizations, or whether it means that we're able to help uh, hold space for our employees, the people that we're serving, you know, that it's really important we look at how can we take care of mental health and well-being. So I talk about the positive end of things, right? Instead of focusing on what the, the challenges are, I'm very solutions oriented. So. I'll come in and I'll offer words, actual phrases, tangible, tactical, practical things that leaders can implement in their organizations and their businesses to help better the mental health and well-being of the organization. And so it's my passion. I love talking about these topics uh, and I've seen it be so tremendously impactful in the businesses that I've served and the organizations that I've done keynotes for. So if anybody out there wants me to come and do a keynote for you, just hit me up and I'm happy, happy to support you. Absolutely. Your, uh, your passion reflects in your voice and your energy when you're talking about the topic. Fantastic. Right. So my last question today, this is a question I ask all my guests since this show started during pandemic. How has COVID-19 impacted you and how is 2021 going so far? Mm. Wow. Oof, that's, a, that's a deep question. <laughs> I know. COVID has been rough, right? And I'm sending love. To everyone in India, because I know COVID has been very hard there. So I wanted right. to see my love. Um, COVID has been hard. It's been tough, right? So I had opened my business in January 2020, three months before the pandemic. And wow. this was my first venture into entrepreneurship. And of course, as we all know, things had to pivot tremendously come March 2020. Right. 
But my private practice has been thriving because as we know, many people have been struggling with their mental health and well-being. So that element, my business has been doing great. However, there's an emotional toll that comes with navigating a pandemic, especially as a helping professional. And those who are doctors or nurses or therapists or whoever is out there helping right now knows that there's a cumulative strain that comes with the pandemic. So I've had to learn myself, this has been my own journey too, of being able to negotiate and navigate what does self-care look like for me in the midst of a pandemic? What are ways that I can give myself grace when I'm struggling? And that has been a really meaningful journey for me because I was the overworker. I, I literally had every minute of my life planned and the pandemic forced me to push the pause button. And that allowed me to get in touch with what was happening inside. And so I've been able in the last year to come such a long way in my own inner journey. And now in 2021, as here in the States, vaccines are getting rolled out. I know same in India, you know, things are starting to very gradually reemerge as normal. And it's been so wonderful to be able to have this growth journey over the course of 2020 so that I can come out stronger in 2021. So I'm excited to say so many cool things on the horizon. And uh, I'm glad that this, in some ways, this pandemic has been beneficial in many ways, horrendous, but in some ways has allowed me the opportunity to uh, grow in a way that I didn't expect myself to. So right. that's a great right. question. Yeah, I, even I am a firm believer that this pandemic was a reality check for all of us. Yes. You know, we were taking our life for granted and uh, this was like a pause button and we all got our priorities set in place. I hope so, because it's been too many, too many months of pandemic now. All right. Thank you so much, Nidhi. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time out and I wish you all the best and uh, I'll be staying in touch with you. Thank you so much for having me again. This was wonderful and I hope that we can connect again soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Nidhi. You know, that's why, you know, guests like these are the reason why I run the show. This is for episode 43. I've been doing this for over a year. So next week onwards, we will be going into my world, that is marketing. So we will be talking about empathy next week. So one amazing guest good friend of mine, a recent friend of mine, will come and talk about the role of empathy in marketing. And then we have another amazing guest who is going to talk about how to build your hot brand, how to build a brand that everybody loves your customers. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope to see you all next Friday, 8 o'clock. Have a good weekend. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.